Hi everyone, my name is Jasmine Naomi and I'm your host. Here on Solely Human, I explore reflections I have as a social worker and as a human that's healing and growing. Currently, I work as a clinical therapist for foster youth and while constantly growing as a clinician, I'm also constantly learning about myself. And I'm finding that there are different levels to knowing ourselves, which translates into how we treat others. So even though we're all on different journeys, we're all solely human and are worthy without trying of love, empathy, and patience and all the other things. So here on solely human, we talk about these connections within ourselves and with others. So, um, and then that kind of sucks because then at that point, then I start, I think you start to enter territory where it's like, all right, in this friendship or in this relationship, mm -hmm. there's just going to be this like built up animosity, maybe some resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, but when someone responds the way that you just described, I genuinely feel like it just speaks to where they are in their journey. Mm -hmm. Because you can relay the message as both respectful and direct and like, and as genuinely speaking to your experience, how mm -hmm. you're feeling, but how they respond just speaks a lot to where they're at. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important that if you're the person addressing how you're feeling or how your friend made you feel, um, definitely working on those I statements mm. and not on those you of like blaming, blaming the other yeah. person. Because going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, we're all trying to figure out our lives and mm -hmm. there are things that are out of our control and from our perspective it can be interpreted a certain way mm -hmm. when in the mind of the other person it's like oh like I wasn't even thinking it was like that and so I I think it's really important to just yes you're entitled to your feelings but like address it in a respectful way and mm -hmm. not so much in like a like aggressive or like oh, well, you did this and this is your fault, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like you and I are so hyper aware of that. So whenever <laughs> we try, we've had these conversations with each other, I can just tell. And I, I laugh a little bit in my head because I'm like, I hear <laughs> right, you. I hear right, you. Right, right. I, I, like, I know the few times it's been over text, I'm yes, like, I know what's yes, happening here. Yes, <laughs> That's funny. Like, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> that I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I feel that However. you feel. <laughs> right, that's funny. Quick quick side note for those of you that don't know what an I statement is, uh, I do this a lot with clients, little kids and adults, really, because even as adults, yeah. as we're talking about right now, we are still actively learning how to communicate mm -hmm. and to kind of um, state our needs yeah. to where another person can hear us, but we're not attacking them as well. So, uh, I don't know. What would be one example of an I statement you would use? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So like, 
suddenly I'm thinking. <laughs> You're good. Uh, when you think down to it, it's like, what is it even? But I know we we've I would, used them. I mean, I, w- I would just say, like, if I felt like, for example, you um, you blew me off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you hadn't seen this fr- this other friend in, like, weeks. And, like, it was your only chance to meet mm-hmm. up with her. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, uh, just checking in. Uh, I wanted to let you know, like, I'm glad you're catching up with your friend, but when you canceled last minute, it did make me feel kind of like I was brushed to the side. Something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same. Um, I feel sad or I feel angry when, uh... You don't answer the phone and then, you know, don't keep me in the loop Mm. about something. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I feel confused or irritated when such and such happens. So that would be an I statement when you state uh, how you're feeling and the event that's causing you to feel that way. Mm -hmm. That way we're trying to we're trying to avoid you don't answer my calls. You don't call me back. Mm -hmm. You don't text me back. Um, or like you prefer hanging out with her over mm-hmm, me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you don't care about our hangouts mm-hmm. and our our time together. You know. So, uh, yeah. And I think that. So I think the I statements we have definitely gotten to a good place with. Yup, yup. But I will say again, it's easier to do that with you. But there are definitely yeah. people in my. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely um, people in my life that I'm like, you know what? I'd rather never talk about this ever. <laughs> Let me part. just take it to the grave. Literally. What do we got to do to move past this, you know? Just because of the discomfort oh. and kind of the anxiety that I feel yeah. when I think about having to uh, initiate this conversation with another person. <clears throat> but go ahead, go ahead. I sometimes feel, I feel torn in situations like this because I think, like, it's important to be present. It's important to show up in these relationships and to be the best version of yourself that you can be. But then (laughs) there's also, and maybe this is just the unhealed version of myself, um, the other side of the coin, which is just like, you know what? If you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. Clearly, we're not vibing and Mm -hmm. we might not even be compatible as friends. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it here. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely an area that I think I have to explore for myself because, yeah, it's happened enough times for me to see that pattern and be like, all right, is it? Because we're really not compatible, or is it something else that I'm just not working on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I actually think it's the opposite. I don't think it's the unhealed version of yourself. I think it is your higher self. I think it is a version of you that's healed in a lot of ways because, one, you're still kind of like, I'm going to explore this for mm-hmm. me, you know, but mostly because... As I have found as an adult, um, 
like you said, you don't always need to have that conversation. You don't always need to work on like salvaging something or repiecing something. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, that is growth, I feel, because at least a previous version of me, I would have bended over backwards. That's true. To try and fix or salvage or dig into what was happening when in reality, um, I didn't need to to do all that, mm-hmm. you know. At least for myself, relationships ending, whatever they are, romantic, friendship, familial, re- relationships ending in my head, there's this like, what's that word? Preconceived notion or idea mm-hmm. that it's a bad thing. So I think like a lot of the growth comes in in kind of just accepting it doesn't need to be a that, bad thing. It yeah. doesn't need to be like a negative thing that this, you know, obviously <clears throat> if something went crazy and two people went at it, you know, mm-hmm. that's a rough ending. But, yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Like choosing not to have that conversation with someone either because you decide that maybe that's a relationship that you've outgrown or... you've outgrown or it's just not a priority because mm-hmm. we have relationships in our lives that do have priority mm-hmm. and uh that's just because we decide what's important to us you know so but um that's a good point that's a good point yeah it's interest interesting to hear you say your perspective on how you grew up with the preconceived notion of relationships ending being bad I think and this ties into like the whole attachment style and all of that so I won't go too deep Mm -hmm. into that but Mm -hmm. I think for me um I am both like so loyal but also I think I am partially an avoidant attached person Mm -hmm. because I have gotten pretty used to like the minute something doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. I will either avoid it until it goes away or mm-hmm. just cut it off. Mm. Um, so I think there's a little, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's also, I feel like I have tried and I have really worked on maintaining um, the relationships that are important to me mm-hmm. and it takes work you know it does it takes it work. does take work and intention mm-hmm. and energy mm-hmm. for sure for sure and I think that just comes back to like the reciprocity there yeah you know? it's it's I think it's easy to be or easier to be in connectedness with others when you're always in their space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, high school, college, or at work, or I don't know. But when you're out of that space and... Yeah, that's the true <laughs> test yeah. of friendship. Yes, when you get into adulthood yeah. where those memes are so accurate. It's like adult friendships. Let me just catch you on <laughs> September 5 at 9 a.m. If- literally if we would not if i would not have decided last minute to stop by so we could go to the beach and do our our thing this evening we would have been seeing each other i kid you not guys like three weeks from today yep that's how it goes that's how it goes and uh i think for a while i fought that because i'm like what is this like what the fuck like why were 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> President. Like, sure, let me just catch you next year then. Pencil yeah. you in yeah, really quick. Please honor me with putting me on your schedule <laughs> three to five weeks from now. Like, damn. Uh, um, and then sh shortly after, I realized, like, this is actually what I need to do to... to <laughs> This is the only way. This woman who works weekends and is just <sighs> chilling weekdays. So jealous of that schedule. Okay, but I don't be chilling on the weekdays no, like I she should. she doesn't. Okay? She doesn't. Things come up or, you know, things happen. But point is, that was the only way to make it work in any and all friendships yeah. up to this point. So um, that's another thing, you know, that I like my perception of that was like, what the heck? And then, you know, you kind of have to change your, your thought process yeah. and your perception of that. Because actually, no, that's just people have lives, as do I, as do you, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, again, I think it speaks to the importance of a relationship mm -hmm. to you to where we're going to put it there, you know, and it's going to happen. Yeah. And if something has to change, we make it work that day or that week. But that's that's how most of the 98% of the time things will happen and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, what were we talking about before we got in that? Um, we were saying... Oh, well, I had told you about, like, me and my, like, realization of the... Oh, cutting people. <laughs> yes. Just... yes, 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 yes. Oh, and you were talking about how like it speaks to your attachment. Yes, yes, yes. And so, and I think mine is a little bit reversed where uh, I grew up in the same community for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not used to people coming and going. Uh, fun fact, guys, I went to the same school, <laughs> K through 12. That's crazy. Yeah, K through 12 and then uh, went to like the sister college of the school or whatever. And so because I grew up in a uh, Christian community, a religious community, mm -hmm. it was like a, a lot of the same people. Yeah. I honestly very rarely had to say like bye to a friend or lose a friend or something, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so then in college... When you meet all these new people and you have the opportunity to make new friends and you're choosing your friends and, you know, it's just very different. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we're learning. I mean, obviously I knew this about you, but I'm like finally piecing certain things together in this conversation because <laughs> now I'm thinking about how I grew up and my mom she was very, she kept her distance from a lot of family, just, you know, family mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And my parents are separated. So my dad is in Minnesota. My family's in Mexico. Like I have family just scattered everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I was just very used to keeping to myself and mm -hmm. to like just staying with my mom and having like maybe one or two friends. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as you grow up, like elementary to middle school I I moved mm -hmm. so I think a lot of those transitions made me like easily detached mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily know uh I don't want to say it like affected me negatively because it's just something I'm not used to like maintaining mm -hmm. friendships and relationships um I think it's just something that 
I've now come to realize, and it's something that I'm, I'm working towards. Um, and it played a role. It's yeah, just an it awareness that you that played a role. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, the attachments or lack of that we have for sure growing up plays a part in how yeah. we attach or don't attach as adults, you know, because yeah. that's what we're accustomed to. And that's what we naturally do, even if we're not able to, like, identify it, mm-hmm. um, which is really awesome when we have people come into our lives that challenge those yeah. natural ways of attachment that maybe aren't serving us in the best way. Yeah. Um, that those are awesome and those are special relationships, friends or romantic or family, whatever mm-hmm. they may be. Um, cause then it's like, I think that's where the discomfort comes from, you know, like, absolutely. Yeah. What I'm trying to avoid, but it's, it's like boring. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like, this person's important to me. So I need to step, lean yeah. into this discomfort. And, and I think when you have like when you have those genuine intentions of working on it and addressing it, it's not going to come out perfect and it's not going to come out right. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not going to say the right thing, but I think the cushion to that is the uh, genuineness of Mm -hmm. wanting to maintain that friendship. Yes. And I think that's really special. Yes. I think it is too. I think it is too. Um, I think also because of, like, the hyper-aware, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I say this? Which way do I say this? But honestly, mostly with you. (laughs) Because I know that you're thinking as intentionally as I am. So I'm like, what is the right way to... Dude, that's so true. Yeah. Because I always think so... And Jasmine and I are clinically... Like, if it can be diagnosed, we are clinical overthinkers. We are. We just... It can. It's called anxiety. It can. Okay. Anxiety. There you go. Yep. For sure. (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah, to the max. mm -hmm. And, like, I just feel so safe knowing that I can overthink this much. Mm -hmm. And she won't even take it like, dude, it's not that deep. Because... She's on the other side. Because I'm doing the same Family thing. The same way. <laughs> yes. Because I'm doing the same thing or I already did and I already came down yes. out of the spiral. Yes. And then I'm like, I don't blame you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. So. I've had moments where I've called you and I've been like, I'm feeling really anxious. Mm-hmm. But are we good? And mm-hmm. then she's like, dude, we're mm-hmm. good. And so I'm like, okay. Yes. Yes. I can breathe. And I remember a text. I don't remember what it was. But you texted and you were like, hey, I feel like you're mad. Um, Can you just make sure we're good? And then I sent an audio. And then I was like, I love this because <laughs> let's normalize this. Because the amount of times um, oh that even, even for, okay, so we have these conversations as needed. Mm-hmm. Like when we feel we, we want to initiate a conversation but there are definitely still other moments where like I'll feel something and I don't bring it up but that's because I'm like the the healing and growth there kicks in yeah and I kind of talk myself down and then you know if if it still bothers me whatever but in that moment at the time you know there's a progression of growth there right so I was like this is great we're totally fine but also let's definitely do this more because I think 
normalizing just saying and stating your needs like in a friendship yeah. is okay. I think yeah. that it speaks to a very real friendship. I think that there's a lot of negativity surrounding the thought of confrontation. Even just the word. Yeah, confrontation. it's a scary word. It is a scary word. Mm -hmm. So people are like, ah. So there might be <laughs> maybe just like reframing. You can have real conversations with your friends mm -hmm. about your feelings mm -hmm. towards your friends. And that may seem like a given, but I just know that at least from my own experience that because it's so scary um, to hear that it's actually important to do and that whatever you're feeling or thinking is valid. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's true, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like your own experience of things, but you won't know that unless you have you that conversation. It. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, I think that those conversations like really strengthen those friendships. And I think it creates like roots over time mm -hmm. in this relationship. And that's really special. Yeah. Especially because we are in our early 20s and we have a whole life ahead of us that we're going to mm -hmm. experience uh, side by side and we're going to see each other grow, transform, mm -hmm. maybe become mothers at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not ready for that one. But yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I should have. Brought God. it down a notch God before getting to willing. that point. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but it's true, you know? No, it is. I might see you as a mom. It is. It is. Yeah, same. And so as we go through these, like, different progressions of life, I just feel that your friend community is, like, crucial. Yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, for those of you where their anxiety, like, kicks in too hard and you're, like, even just start to, your nervous system starts to kick in at the idea of having this conversation. I don't know, you start sweating or you start like your heart starts palpitating or your hands get sweaty. sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was only funny to us because <laughs> Yaya has very sweaty palms. All the time. It's hyperhidrosis. <laughs> yes, there's a name for it. So, but um, if you feel that, you know, when you think of these types of difficult conversations and it freaks you out like that. Um, something that, you know, I've talked with about clients, you could write it out for yourself, write it out for yourself, mm. say it to yourself in the car, Love that. say it to yourself on your phone and record it. Um, just so that you are trying to limit the amount of thoughts and feelings that you're internalizing, mm. you know, just put it somewhere. It's so funny to hear you say that because I have a lot of internal dialogue that I like to discuss with myself mm -hmm. at home. Yeah. I talk to myself out yeah. loud a lot. Yeah. And sometimes, specifically with my partner, when I'm feeling some type of way mm -hmm. and I'm like in the, the heat of mm -hmm. my anger or discomfort or whatever might have triggered me, I'm like going off in mm -hmm. front of my mirror. I'm talking like, you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then by the time a few hours go by and I've collected my thoughts and even just seeing his face, I'm like, <laughs> I need to chill out a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. But it's easier for me to rem uh, let go or 
not feel so emotionally tied to certain feelings because feelings are fleeting. Yes. And I've learned in this relationship as well and in previous friendships and whatnot, if you're not careful and if you allow those feelings to really snowball, mm-hmm. it's going to cause just chaos mm-hmm. for no reason. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that that is really important. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, I think that that initial, like wave of emotions you know it's intense (laughs) it is intense it is intense but I think too at least for me because going back to growing up in homes where we weren't really allowed to express our feelings Mm -hmm. being in a position where I'm allowing myself to feel how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. feels really good yeah but it brings up the feelings very intensely yes so that, like, it's important to, like, draw it back down, yeah. chill out a little bit, and yeah. then address it. Yeah. And, the, yeah, because those are, like, normal feelings. That's yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with those feelings. It's just harder to communicate yes. when the feelings are so, like, prevalent, exactly. you know? Um, you're still feeling it out. Your body's still going through it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just know that... Uh, these conversations like don't have to have any type of negative negativity mm-hmm. attached to them. Yeah, you know that's kind of something we do in our mind, mm-hmm. and I still work on that all the time. Because <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like I want to have this conversation with this person or this person, this person, or at work or in my family. Sometimes it it's a hit or a miss. Sometimes I am able to talk myself into a headspace yeah. where. I feel more than capable of initiating this conversation. Mm-hmm. Other times, I will put on a music and sing it really loud and pretend that that never happened and just move fast. <laughs> so um, it's pretty normal. It's normal to be scared to to talk to your friends about real things if you're feeling some type of way. But I think it's always worth it mm-hmm. because you stepped into, like you just said, with your partner, you stepped into just genuinely expressing what you're thinking and feeling. Yeah. Um, when you've had time to like think through and reflect like, okay, this is, this is how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. I do or don't like it. And I want them to know because I know they love me enough to want to to care how I feel. Right. I love them enough to give them the opportunity to, uh, hold space for me and maybe agree or disagree with what it is I am perceiving of this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So... On that note, I'm very thankful for you yeah. as a friend. I think that friends like you are very special. So I am blessed and uh, you're a staple on my team. Key, key team member, <laughs> most valuable player. All I have to say is likewise. Uh, yeah, Jasmine has been a really good friend of mine now and she's helped me get through a lot of things and if it weren't for her I probably wouldn't be in certain places so her her friendship is just really special I love you girl same love you too uh Yaya will definitely be on you know she will definitely be on the podcast going forward so those of you that are fans don't worry she's coming back she's coming back (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the Solely Human podcast. My name is Jasmine Naomi and I'm your host. Episodes release weekly on Fridays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All editing is done by Kevin Spire and original music is done by Nathan Salau.